Amen. May be seated, all the littler ones, heading off to Children's Church. Go ahead and head that way. Head that way. <clears throat> well, it's good to be back with you. Uh, we had um, <clears throat> initially planned on uh, taking a Sunday off last week for other reasons, but uh, we were um, home and sick, so I appreciate your prayers. And um, if you've ever been in a house with almost everybody being sick, it's, uh, it's a difficult space to be in. So, uh, But we made it through, and I know this is kind of the time for sickness anyway, but I'm appreciative of everybody um, for filling in and um, for Rod Whitney, uh, my father-in-law, for speaking last week on integrity. kind of fits along in what we've been talking about. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll jump back into our series, Wise Way. And <clears throat> we only have a few more weeks of this, so I hope this is uh, good and it goes well and um, that you hear the word and that we can apply this to our lives. Uh, if you're here in person, as always, it's good to see you. Uh, I love to see your faces, especially after holidays. I know we're kind of moving and doing things, and then we always come back here on Sundays um, and get to spend time with our church family as well. So I love that. Uh, we make that a practice. And if you're online, then welcome as well. Uh, what I'd love for us to do <clears throat> this time, <clears throat> if you're online watching this right now, or if you watch it at a later time, if you wouldn't mind making a comment on the Facebook page with your name and just where you're listening from, what I notice is that there's quite a few people that are listening online presently or uh, listen to it later during the week. And so we'd love to know um, who you are, uh, where you're coming from, and we'd love to reach out to you, okay? Um, <clears throat> so we'll be in our series, The Wise Way. we in Proverbs chapter 5. So you can turn uh, back to Proverbs. Chapter 5 will be in verses 1 through 23. And we'll be talking about purity. Uh, it's a difficult subject to say the least um, for our culture. Uh, we live in a time where impurity is the practice. And it's made easy and it's made accessible. And so interestingly enough, Solomon wrote about this thousands of years ago. As God gave him the words to say to us and he also was instructing his sons God's also, uh, he's also teaching us, and he's got a few things for us to understand. And so the phrase that I want us to remember, it's more of a question, and then hopefully we can answer that during um, our time today. So how is it possible? How is purity possible, or staying on this path of purity? Um, many people would probably say, well, in today's day and age, I'm not sure it's possible at all. But the psalmist has a few words for us before we get into the te- our text today. In Psalm chapter 119.9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. And so God gives us the keys to life and to combating really all the things that we might struggle with or fight against in this life right here in his word. And so we'll jump into that today. Before we do that, I have a few statistics, things I want to share with you. Um, as you know, uh, access to explicit content is, um, is pretty much at, the, at your fingertips, right? It's on your phone, it's on a computer, and maybe in a book that you pull off of a shelf somewhere. And all these things in our culture are what I would say uh, on a regular basis celebrated, or they're at least deemed as acceptable or not things that would corrupt you or would hurt your spiritual nature. And so there are a few statistics I pulled from a website that kind of manages some of these things. Um, And so uh, I'll share this one with you. 90% of young people, so that'd be ages maybe 13 through 24 is what it was polling, when it came to explicit content, however you can access that, whether it's online, uh, whether it's a book, whatever way you might gain access to that, 90% said, it's okay, it's normative. Why are we even 
having this conversation. 55% of people who are over the age of 25 would say that explicit content would, would not be a good thing, right? So maybe it's a pornography or a romance novel, something like that, would say that's probably not the best way to go. I think that's going to be damaging to your soul. So that's 55% of people, right? Still a pretty big margin once you get over 25. And I thought this one was interesting as well. Uh, people between the ages of 13 and 24, when asked <clears throat> about recycling, said that it was more important to recycle, than to not view explicit content or to allow that to um, enter into our minds and our hearts. So recycling is more important in whole to our culture of young people. And this should say something to us. Maybe we haven't done a good job of, um, of talking about difficult things um, or, or passing down like, hey, here's why it's important to guard your heart and your mind, right? It's the window to our souls. Um, <clears throat> if you have not noticed that, I notice that more now and I think about it with all of our kids, um, specifically um, Sydney, who's our baby right now, when I mean, you look at even a baby, and, and, and the child knows when you're looking at them in their eyes, they're excited that you have decided to spend time with them and engage with them. Why? Because like poet, poets of the past have said, it's this window to our souls. So why, why do we not guard this window to our souls, our hearts, our minds? Everything enters through our eyes, and so we need to be aware of that. And so in the light of all of this, what should our perspective be? Should we say, well, there's no point. I mean, eventually maybe somebody will realize this has done so much damage that we need to turn the ship. Or maybe we need to ask a question. What should our perspective be in the midst of a time like this? Well, Psalm 1937, I think, has an answer for us in our overall perspective. It says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. And we'll see when we come to the end of this text in Proverbs that this um, <clears throat> ability to access joy uh, and, and enjoy our present state of life, whatever that might look like, is really fu- fundamentally finding joy in God and what he's blessed us with immediately. Uh, many times, like in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, what did they say? <clears throat> well, I think we know better. I think we know a way that will work better. And every time anybody's done that in the scripture, it's gone badly, right? I see something that I want, or I see something I think I need, or I think this will make me happy. And it's outside of the marriage relationship. It's outside of, you know, I, you know kids, you're thinking like, well, that doesn't even apply to me. But it does, because what you do right now affects your future relationships. And our contentness and our ability to operate within our families and the joy that we find, it, it really comes down to a few things. And I think there's a reason that Solomon says this to his sons, and God gives them these words these words of wisdom, which we've been talking about. <clears throat> and so if you're there, go ahead and turn there. Uh, chapter 5 of Proverbs, starting in verse 1, should be up on the screen. Uh, the warning, the warning. So Solomon does something. He, he, in most of his writings, he'll give a, hey, be careful, you're getting too close to the edge. Uh, there might be some caution tape there, and you've probably seen that. Maybe you've uh, driven by a, a crime scene or an accident or something, and they're putting up the tape. And, and what is that there for? keep you safe, right? To keep you from going into a spot that maybe you might get hurt or something else bad might happen or something maybe you don't need to see. And so um, in the same way Solomon does this, he he says, all right, let's focus on wisdom first. He says this in verse one, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. So he goes back to this idea of being attentive, this kashab in the Hebrew, and he says, 
uh, that this is about uh, keeping close attention. Have you ever been talking to your kids or maybe somebody who you're close with, maybe a family member, people you got to spend time with this week during Thanksgiving? Um, you, you have conversations with those who really intently listen to you, right? Who really give you their full focus, who really care about you. And a lot of times we find that in our families. And it's so refreshing, right? We, we go everywhere else in the world and we're looking for attention. We're looking for someone to listen to us, um, to have a relationship with, right? But... <clears throat> Solomon says, well, you need, to, you need to come back to this and you need to find what this wisdom. So he says, be attentive to my wisdom, the chokmah, which is wisdom and skill in every area. So if you listen, then things might go better. And he uses this word discretion. We've heard that before too. But this word for discretion, if we would focus on being attentive to wisdom, Solomon says you're going to get something. He says in verse 2 that you may keep discretion. And what's discretion? Well, it's defined as giving us purpose and direction in life. I think a lot of times we wonder why, uh, maybe not us as believers, but the rest of the world is just kind of aimlessly going on around us. Like I don't like they're going from one thing to another, trying to find joy, trying to find purpose, trying to find happiness, and they're never content. Why is that? Because they're not finding that in the source of life, in the wisdom that God gives, in this discretion which provides purpose and direction in our life. So he prefaces what else he's going to say. And then he moves into the section of what would be the, the next couple of chapters of Proverbs, which really is talking about avoiding adultery. Now, I know some of us in the room will think, well, you know, young people are like, well, I'm not even married, so I don't have to worry about that. And maybe you, as an older person, you've been married for a little while, you say, well, I, I've never committed adultery. But, but what does Jesus always go back to when he teaches about how we live and operate? He's always going back to our hearts. He's like, what are you doing with your eyes? What are you doing with your mind? What are you doing with your heart? Because it all matters to God. Uh, sometimes I think we, you know, we think we can hide certain things, and then it's like, oh, uh, nobody else knows. But God does, and so he wants us to turn back. And he's gonna, <laughs> Solomon, God through Solomon is going to show us a few things here. He says in verse 3, For the lips of the forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Now, we can apply this to a number of situations, and it's not just about, well, yeah, that, that woman. Well, it's about, uh, well, it could be either, right? It could be a man who is like trying to lead you astray from your marriage. It could be uh, maybe just something you pick up like we've talked about, like a book or something you view online, and it's like, okay, we, we've got to stay away from that. And so Solomon says this for a reason here. Uh, Matthew Henry, I like his commentary. He says this about verses 3 and 4, how fatal the consequences will be. What fruit will the sinner have of his honey and oil? When the end will be this, the tears of conscience, it is bitter as wormwood. Solomon says, don't even go there. But, but if you do, like I, he says, sons, I know what you're thinking. It looks good. Might even taste nice. But in the end, where's it going to lead? It's not going to lead anywhere good. He talks about it being wormwood and as sharp as a two-edged sword. In verse 5, well, where does it lead? He's going to elaborate some more. Solomon, I, I love he didn't really leave anything to uh, question. He, he gives the details. Here's where this is going to go. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol. It, it's so easy for us, isn't it, just to like, justify things that we do in our lives? Like, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter. It's not going to hurt anybody. Um, you know, in fact, if they don't know about it, does it really hurt anyone? Well, eventually it will. And it's already hurting us. So, you know, the question is, are we on the lookout for these things? Um, Sometimes, too, I think we go to this place where if it's really that wrong, I mean, you know, somebody would say something about it or things done in secret, too. It's difficult. If you remember last week, Rod talked about integrity 
And where's the place that we, we need to find the most integrity or we're really tested? It's when we're by ourselves, right? Or in that place where we could do anything we wanted and nobody would know about it, right? right? Well, he says here in verse 6, she does not ponder the path of life, her ways wander, and she does not know it. Like it's not the rest of the world's responsibility to go, hey, you're a believer, you know what? You shouldn't live this way, right? It's not somebody's job to say, hey, in the bookstore, you know what? I always envision, you know, it's like that we think about like the angel and the demon, right, on either side of us, and they're going like, maybe you shouldn't get that book. And the other one's like, you should. It's not that big of a deal, right? Or maybe you're at your computer and you're going like, well, it's not really that bad. I mean, come on. Think about what's out there. And then your conscience, right, is what he talks about in here. It's going to be, it's going to be screaming at you for somebody who has the spirit living inside of them. Not a good idea, right? Why? Well, because the rest of the world is not going to go, hey, you should stop. God's word is speaking to us and telling us that. And the spirit is. Matthew Henry also said this about these last couple of verses. Um, Because Satan's got something he's trying to do, right? He's going to talk about this, uh, Matthew Henry. He says, Those are ignorant of Satan's devices who do not understand that the great thing he drives at in all his temptations is, number one, to keep them from choosing the path of life, to prevent them from being religious and from going to heaven, that being himself shut out from happiness, he may shut them out from it. And also, to keep them from pondering the path of life, from considering how reasonable it is that they should walk in that path and how much it will be for their advantage. Hmm. So Satan himself is not getting in, right? So someone who, if you've, maybe you've ever been around somebody that's just unhappy or negative, what normally is the situation when you talk with them? They're always speaking negativity. They're trying to pull you down. Well, Satan, in the same way, he's trying to get at us in a lot of ways, but if he, can, if he can keep us from following Jesus wholeheartedly, if he can, he can keep us in that place of discontentment, of unhappiness, of always trying to find something else, then he's done his job, right? And especially for those who are unbelievers, uh, friends, people we have, family members that are influences. We have to go, I'm going to follow God first. Sometimes we even take other people's opinion over what God says. It's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it, right? But Solomon says to his sons, hey, that person doesn't know, right? As someone who's not following God, as someone who's not dedicated to him, her ways wander and she does not know it, right? So is, is God saying, hey, you know, lean on the rest of the world. Lean on those who don't know and follow me, who are not faithful, because they're going to point you in the right direction. That, that never happens, right? It is only God who's pointing us in the right direction. It's through faithfully following him, okay? So there's the warning. Now, Solomon, he never leaves it at this, right? He's like, here's the caution tape. Good luck. <laughs> no, he says, here's the caution tape. Now, let me tell you how bad it can go if you choose to ignore what I just said. And so here's what he says in verse 7, and this is the wandering. Um, so that should be the next, next slide up there. Wandering, wandering. He says in verse 7, And now, O sons, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. And Solomon repeats this call, and he challenges them. He says, hey, hey, don't don't just sit there and act like you're listening, and then go off and do something else. Don't depart from the words of my mouth. How easy is it to do that? Now, sometimes we struggle and we just go, well, I, just, I struggle to find time to, to spend with God, but we spend a lot of time on other things, right? Hobbies, we certainly go to work, right? We know we have to do that if we want to have a job and have money and have whatever else we need and take care of our families. But when it comes to God's word, I think even at times we will, we will consider the things that we want to do and then go, 
well, if I, if I want to be a part of bringing impurity into my life, then every time I read the word, you know what it does? It goes, stop doing that, <laughs> right? And then, and then we, sometimes we even pull away from God's word, right? When we know we're in a place we shouldn't be. But Solomon here, he's saying to his sons, hey, don't, don't ignore the word. Don't walk away from it, all right? Because it's, it's going to give you something far better. And even more than that, in verse 8, he says, keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. So, so don't go near the temptation. I always had this conversation a lot in student ministry. Kids were always asking, students were always asking me, well, how far is too far? Or wait a minute, what can I do? The God will be okay. You know, you know what I mean, Pastor. How, what can I do that God will be okay with that's still right? But it's like right really close to the edge. And I would always just say, like, I don't think that's even the right question, Right? For us as believers, like Solomon says here, he, he, he didn't tell us, hey, get as close as you can to the edge because, you know what, as long as you don't fall over the side, God's cool with it. Right? That's not what he says. It says here in verse 8, keep your way far from her. Basically, do whatever's necessary. I love this word here in the Hebrew. It's the word rakak, and it just means as far as you possibly can. It's like, what should we do with sin in our lives? What should we do with impurity? What should we do with temptation? We should get as far away as we can from it, right? We shouldn't say, yeah, but I didn't do anything wrong yet, or I didn't get in trouble yet, or I know I'm close, but I know where the line is, right? Where have we, have you ever said that before? I know what the line is. Instead of, like what Solomon said to his sons, you know what? Maybe you should run the other direction and get as far away as you can from it, right? You may think, well, that's being legalistic. I don't know. Maybe we're just talking about something that's far more important, which is our own souls, right? Uh, so Paul had some words for the church in Corinth. He had a lot of words, but just one verse in particular. Uh, it says in, ver- in uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? He was trying to remind the people that they were asking this question all the time. The Corinthians were going, well, yeah, but I could do this, and it's okay, right? No, he, he was saying, do you, do you not even understand who you are? Like, you, you belong to God, that, that he has given you the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And by the way, if you've read the Old Testament, that should scare you. Because when the, when the Spirit of God lived in the temple, like, you could only, only priests could go in there at certain times, and, then, and they would die if they, they weren't right. If they didn't, like, go through all the purification, do all the things right, and, and, and then they'd pull them out by a rope, right? But what did God do? Like, he, he gave us his Spirit that lives inside of us and is screaming at us constantly, like, make the right choice. Do the right thing, right? And so here's the end of this. This is really the, the end result of wandering. So Solomon says in verse 9, Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength and laborers go to the house of foreigners. And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, How I hated discipline in my heart, despised reproof. So there's a number of really difficult things that he lists out here. And, I, and I'm sure as you've done before, maybe as a kid listening to your parents, you're like, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's really going to go that badly. Or, you know what, I've been, I've been kind of doing it this way for a while, and I mean, nothing's really happened, so I think I'm good. But Solomon reminds us here, he says, 
this, that your honor is going to be given away. And maybe we think like, well, maybe it's not given away all of a sudden, like, a, like an affair comes out or something, and we're like, oh no, like, but, but something's been going on behind the scenes for a long time, right? He's saying that this will destroy you. It will just be gradual, as opposed to immediate, maybe, like we think of other things. Verse 10, <clears throat> where do you spend your, your time and your energy? Maybe it's, maybe it's not on some like super secret sin that you're like hiding from everybody. Maybe it's just something more subversive. Maybe you're just like, I just need to go get my fix, whatever that is. I just need to go get that. And, and, and maybe instead of relying on God, maybe instead of finding joy in what he's given you in your own spouse, in your own family, you try to find it everywhere else, right? And you're like, I don't know why I'm not happy, right? Even as a believer, we can do this at times. <clears throat> and then verse 11, um, <clears throat> the end of this kind of life, you, what happens? You will groan. Is, it says you slowly consumed your body and your mind as you realized at the end, was it all a waste? Why, what did I spend my time doing? <clears throat> Who does my heart really belong to? And in verse 12, because you submitted to these things instead of God, what will be known about you? Uh, you hated discipline, right? You hated knowledge and instruction. And he doesn't just leave it at this, right? I know everybody's like, at this point, you're going, I'm glad I came to church today because this, <laughs> this has been really good. Sometimes these things are hard, right? Sometimes, and, and you may have not heard this text on Proverbs 5 before. If I had to guess, maybe you have at another church or listening to somebody else, but these are difficult things. Like Solomon, he's not sitting his kids down and going like, let me tell you about the rainbows and butterflies of life. No, he's saying, let me tell you just how badly it can go. And, and honestly, that's, that's a loving parent, right? Uh, sometimes in our culture, we, we go like, no, I think I'm going to hide everything from him. I think I'm not going to tell him anything about the bad stuff because we try to protect him, right? But where does that lead? Hmm? Verse 13, these are really the last thoughts of a wanderer. So here's everything that's already happened to the wanderer. In verse 13, it says, I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. How would you like that to be on your tombstone? I, he didn't listen to the voice of his teachers. He, he didn't incline his ear to instructors at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation, right? Is that the place where, where God wants any of us to be? No. And he's not, he's not using this text to beat us over the head or be like, you're bad. Like, I can't believe you've been living this way. You know, that's never God's perspective. He, he loves us, and he's, he's died for all those things already, right? So we can't allow Satan to whisper in our ear, too, and go, you know what? You're not valuable. You're not, God doesn't love you because maybe you've struggled in one area or another. No, he's just saying, come back to me. Like, there's still time. If you're still breathing, there's still time, right? Make a course correction, okay? And so I don't know what that is for you. I just want to, I guess, ask one question, and I'm going to read one psalm before we close with the last point. It went long today, right? You're just like, yes, we're going to get out. It's not, there's not even Bill's game today, right? So, so here's an important question to think about, an important question that leads to the last point. Maybe you've been struggling for a while, and, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know what kind of justification you've used, or you know, just to say, well, it's not that big of a deal, or it's okay, um, or it doesn't really matter, or nobody knows, so I'm not hurting anybody. And maybe you think because of that, too, that you're just like, I, you know what? I, I could never make things right. I could never change. Um, I, I love that uh, Rod talked about King David last week. Um, and in another psalm, he writes these words to God, and I think they're available to us too in any situation that we're in that can always be redeemed, by the way. We're never too far away from God. Satan always likes to whisper in our ear and say, you're too far gone. You can't make any changes. He doesn't love you anymore. No, he does. In fact, we can go right to him. 
as David did, and he, he said these words in Psalm 51.10. He said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I heard some of you whispering it. I think you already knew it, right? <laughs> renew in me, within me, the spirit. And so, I, I don't know. I don't know where you're at today. Um, maybe you have been struggling, like recently. Maybe it's just in the past. You're like, I just don't want to go back to that place. Well, God says to us, and David gives us the example, a guy who, the, he, the Bible says about him, he was a man after God's own heart, but yet he faltered in so many ways, right? I think sometimes we put ourselves on this pedestal of like, I've got to be this perfect Christian that never makes any mistakes, and if I made a mistake in the area, like nobody would love me, nobody would care about me. Um, if I shared that, if, if I, like, I got an accountability group or somebody that cared about me enough to say, hey, how are you doing? Which I don't know if, like, if any of you in the room have that. You should. <laughs> somebody who can ask you tough questions about how things are going on in life. But what did David do? committed adultery, right? We talked about that last week. He, he murdered somebody. And some of us go, I still try to wrap my, my mind around that all the time. Like how, how in the world can man do such terrible things at times? But yet God still loves us. And we can still go to him just like David did. And, and he said these words, created me a clean heart, oh God. What did he not have? Clean heart, right? He was like, God, I've messed up. I've made some mistakes. I need some help here. And he did that in a number of ways. But I have a feeling I think he was referring to one thing in this particular text. And so we'll close it with this. So we've got the warning, right? We've got the warning, we've got the caution tape, we've got the wandering. Um, just how bad things can go when we choose not to do things God's way. When we say that purity doesn't matter in our, in our minds, in our hearts, which are often the things that are hidden from everyone else. And so this should give us some perspective. Solomon says this to his sons about the wonderful, the wonderful things in life. Verse 15, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. And so my guess is maybe you haven't heard that part of the text either. Maybe people just like stop before they get there and they're like, wait, it's PG-13, too much, right? But what is Solomon saying to his family? What is he saying to his sons? He's saying, there's a better way. There's a better way. And it doesn't involve you running off and trying to find fulfillment in every other space that you possibly could, right? People that have done that know (laughs) there's no end, right? Solomon writes another book called Ecclesiastes, and we'll actually end with that in a couple of weeks where he says there's nothing new under the sun, right? Man always thinks that he can invent this new way to find fulfillment, to become greater, to do better than what God has already given us, which is what? And we've just been celebrating this last week, right? I hope you've had time to spend with your families, um, those that you, you care about most in life. And so when we're with them, what normally happens? Now, there's some dysfunctionality at times with our families, right? But, but overall, if we lay, Robin's like, no, nobody's dysfunctional in our house. <laughs> yeah. So, but that happens, right? But for the most part, if we love God and we're pursuing him, what happens? We spend time together, right? We're renewed. We're joyful. But what happens when we go, that's not enough for me. I don't want that. You know what? Uh, I'd rather go out and find enjoyment other places. He says, drink water from your own cistern, uh, flowing water from your own well. So, but what do we do at times, right? We go, it's not enough, right? I don't find the enjoyment maybe that I used to find. Or, or maybe as young people, you're going like, I'm not married yet, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to find enjoyment in everything I can find 
in this life right now. And where does it lead? Well, Solomon already says here, it's not going to lead to a good place. And he finishes it here. Last couple of verses, verses 20 through 23, um, kind of rounds the text off for us. He says, Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he's held fast in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he's led astray. So which one of those would you rather have? God's design, a right way to live spiritually, physically, belonging to your family, taking joy in your spouse, your kids. Like we were together this week, and we were with multiple different family members, and I was so encouraged um, because... Times can be difficult. Maybe you've been away from you, like your extended family for a while and you, maybe you got to see them this last week. You're looking forward to Christmas because those things bring joy, right? When, we, when we're able to go, I find enjoyment in the space that I'm in. I don't find discontentment. I don't try to find in all these er- other areas of life. And the truth is, I mean, our, our kids are watching us too, right? And then we think about that and we're like, it matters what we do, not just outwardly, but even the things we do in secret affect everything else. So, like last week, where, where are we going to have integrity? Well, Solomon says you should have it in your whole life. And if we really belong to God, well, we're going to live a certain way. And so I wonder, I don't know where, we're, where you're at today. Maybe you're coming in from a good weekend or a good week of Thanksgiving, having time off, and you're like, I was just looking to like have a feel-good message. I don't know that that's what, that was, <laughs> what this was today. Um, I, I hope, though, that, that as we walk through this series and we talk about the difficult things, I mean, things like purity and integrity, they're not easy things, right? It's not easy to do the right thing. It's not easy to follow God with our whole heart. It's not easy to look temptation in the face and say, I'm going to run the other way, right? But that's what we should do. And, and man, we would find so much joy and contentment in doing that, and opposed to walking up to the line saying, you know what, I want to get as close as I can Maybe saying, but I'll just wander a little bit. And that's never where it ends, right? I'll just wander a little bit. And Solomon says, don't even go there. Don't even go there, sons, because it's going to go badly. Instead, take joy in the wonderful things that God gives us. In life, in our present state, I feel like we're always looking to something else, right? We're always looking to like that next phase of life, or, or I'll, I'll be happy when I get this. We do that to ourselves, too, um, and we're about to go see uh, Christy's grandmother. Um, she's 98, and um, she's always a wealth of, of knowledge and wisdom, but she always has a great attitude. And I remember she always says this to us, that um, maybe, maybe, instead of always wishing for the next thing, just be careful you don't wish your life away. God has given us so many blessings right here, and I know we've thought about it over Thanksgiving, but instead of going to that place of thinking like, I know, I know there's something better. Well, what do you have right here? What has God given you right here in his word in your immediate family? And, and are we missing all the blessings of life because we're constantly trying to find something else somewhere else and it just destroys the purity in our lives? We're left without integrity. We're left without purity. But the good news is we can always come back. Uh, maybe you're here today, you're listening online and you're like, I- I've, ne- I've never even known what that's like. Well, we believe it first starts with putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When, when David said, I am, I- I'm going to, Go to the Lord. God, would you give me a clean heart? Good news is you can do that today. Maybe you're a believer in the room and, and you're just like, ah, I feel so far away from God right now. 
Maybe it's been a tough season, and you're just like, I've, I've looked for joy in all these other places, even though I love God, and I don't want to be in that place. What did David say? Created me a clean heart, oh God. And he'll do that for us. So what I wanted to do before we close um, is just pray together and just remind us that we, we really don't want to waste time um, wandering. There's a warning there for a reason. It's not for us to get as close as we can. And maybe we should just focus on enjoying the blessings of life right now. Maybe that's future for you guys. Maybe um, a student in the room, you're thinking like, well, I don't even know what it's going to be like. It's so far away. I just, I'm like, I, there's no context for me here right now. So maybe we just need to ask God, help us to be content and thankful for where we're at in life, what he's given us right now. Maybe the blessings seem few and far between at this time, but no matter where you're at, he's given us wonderful life for lack of you know, a term for the Christmas movie. He really has, right? And there are things that we can be thankful for right now we should be. So let's enter into a prayer time, and I'll just give you a few things to pray for. Number one, um, let's ask God to help. Second thing, <clears throat> let's ask God to keep us from wandering to see things clearly. And if there's someone else in your life, you know, is just wandering from God, let's pray for them right now too. And then let's just close with uh, thanking God for the wonderful gifts, the gift of life to begin with, and um, all the things that we see on a regular basis that he's blessed us with. Help us to uh, be content. Let's pray about that. Well, God, we close uh, with this, um, that we would listen to your warnings, that we would see them <clears throat> clearly. Um, God, that we would not be wanderers, um, those who wander far away from you. But God, if we ever do, <clears throat> my guess is we will from time to time, pray that we'd have a heart, have words like David's to you. God, that you would create in us a clean heart, uh, renew um, in our spirits. Maybe we're in a difficult time right now. Just pray for anybody in the room or listening online, um, just to be renewed. If we have the Spirit, God, inside of us, through knowing you, <clears throat> it's possible. Pray that we would have that right attitude and approach to you, uh, and that, God, we would enjoy the wonderful things in life, um, how you've <clears throat> given us so many spaces to push us away from impurity, to give us the ability to have integrity, um, to walk with you faithfully. Help us to be thankful and content with what we do have in life um, and what we have access to. Make us joyful in, uh, in where you've placed us presently. Help us to run away from impurity and wrongdoing. That's your name we pray. Amen.